Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Thompson, and you're listening to What Happened When? What Happened When? We dropped a second episode on that ass this week. Tony, what's going on, man? How are you? Love to drop stuff on that ass, don't you? Well, I do, especially with our friends over at Blue Chew. But we're going to bring you today's show commercial free. But what we're going to do is we're going to get in our way back machine. How about 35 years ago to July 7th, 1984? It's the Mid Atlantic Television Program. So, in the WWE network, pull up vault, look for mid Atlantic wrestling, and then go to 84, July 7th, 1984. And we're ready to get, get, get it. Tony, let me know when you're ready. We'll wake up Lois. See if she can't give us a countdown and I am ready to get, get, get it. And, uh, this is really my first full year in wrestling. Let's bring in Lois, Lois, ready to go. Three, two, one play mid Atlantic championship wrestling. I'm going to play the music here for the fans. Okay. Go ahead. theme music man it takes you back doesn't it oh man that gets the old blood going here take a look at this what what a what a shot wow national wrestling alliance banner and i don't even know who's starting this out is that bugsy mcgraw i'm not even sure where that is holy shit that looks like dave Meltzer in white tights oh my gosh what's wrong with you (laughs) It does. Uh, and I'm trying to take down who the fuck are all these guys? Well, here's pistol Pez. I know that. Listen, you got to make up names for them. Okay. So well, look, we, we have fun uh, with this. Just make up names. All right. Uh, pistol Fez going up against Joe Lee duck. Arm drag takedown. And he's going to tag in tan boy, tan boy ahead of steam. Watch out. Leapfrogs and a drop kick. Fuck. And now tag in, and here comes 80s mustache guy. He looks like he's from Alabama, doesn't he? <laughs> Look at that. Yes, sir. I'll sell you a trailer right outside of Huntsville. I think this is from the rec center in like <laughs> Shelby, North Carolina. It, it's probably either from, from Shelby. North. Oh, look at her. She got adjusted in her seat on that one. What do you think? Is that right? Shelby? 
rec center? Yeah, it could have been. Yeah, Shelby rec center. Shelby rec center, by the way, is where the rock and roll express won the world tag team championship. And that's where Dave flair lives now. Wow. At the rec center. Wow. Yeah, he he lives at the rec center. Uh-huh. Uh, the referee, by the way, is Stu Schwartz that I know. I remember that. Notice how, uh, it's kind of your hard camera is kind of off to the side. Isn't that odd? Yeah. The positioning is different, but I'll tell you this. I like it. You do. I like it because it's different, right? You know, and, and it almost gives you a feel like if you were on a bleacher, you know, so you're there live. Like I like that. I, th- I like when, you know, you can sort of right. take yourself out of the norm. Oh, you know who this kid is in, in the black tights? It's Angelo Mosca Jr. How about that? Angelo Mosca Jr., who became the uh, Mid-Atlantic uh, heavyweight champion for a time, too. Tony, listen, we're trying to do comedy here on the show. <laughs> Instead of you just it dawning on your old ass who these guys really are, let's just make up names. It's more fun. All right. Jimmy okay. has has got Anthony backed up into the corner. Jimmy's going to try. Oh, Anthony reverses it. Comes out like a house of fire. Scoop slam. From Anthony, Anthony makes the cover. Oh, Jimmy's not having it. Anthony. Hey, Anthony. That's my cousin's called me Anthony. There's a good shot of the heads of the crowd and a tag. <laughs> oh, and here comes Arn Anderson's cousin. Yes. That's, yeah, that's, that's Arn Anderson because his <laughs> career is fucking dead. Exactly. But the difference between Arn and Earn was Earn didn't have a head like a pumpkin. Yeah. And, and Earn didn't earn any money in wrestling. And Arn earned plenty. Look at Anthony. Scoop slam. Big scoop slam. Doesn't know what to do next. So he'll just fucking tag in Fez Watley. Oh, Shaska Watley. Sorry about that. Shaska. Now tell everybody the, the backstory on calling himself Shaska. Okay. It was during the time of uh, Shaka Zulu King. And he thought he would call himself Shaka. So he came up with Shaska. And I said, it's Shaka. And he said, yeah, Shaska. So no, it's Shaka. And he said, yeah, Shaska. I said, okay, it's fucking Shaska. I don't know if you could hear, but in the background, Kevin Sullivan was telling you he didn't like that idea. (laughs) Yeah, he didn't at all. He thought it was Shaka too, but we went with Shaska. It was a Shaka that y'all let him do it. That's what the real (laughs) Shaka was. Oh, it's going to be the three count. One, two, Stu Swartz down on all fours. And the team of Shaka Watley, Anthony, and Dave Meltzer Jr. are winners in the opening bout. Let's take a look at the replay once again. Conrad, take it away. All right. Two dudes bouncing off the ropes. One dude hits a flying burrito. (laughs) Aaron Anderson looks like he is down for the count. Mm. Uh, And now, oh, how about this? Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, Bob Cottle here with one of the greatest of all time. Uh, but arguably one of the ugliest belts ever. Tully Blanchard, tell them why you're out here with uh, $4,000 worth of ones. I got uh, $4,000 worth of ones. This is how much I made uh, this week here at Jim Crockett Promotions. The fact is I came here all the way from West Texas, was told that I would make a lot of money. I got a stick of this in my pocket because if I don't keep it, I won't have a great payday tonight. Here we are in Shelby, North Carolina, and I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing here. You know this is only a few months after we started doing stuff on TBS and I wasn't a big star and still, we started going to TBS. But let me tell you this, Bob, if you ever go to, if you, <laughs> if you ever go to jail, I'll pray for you. That's exactly right. But I don't think you'll go to jail, Bob, but I think Jesse Helms probably would have gone to jail. He lived long enough. The fact is that if you ever go to jail, I'll pray for you and I'll do all I can. I'll make your life great. I'll put these glasses on these, uh, glasses that are uh, cocaine dealer glasses and I will hold the ugliest belt of all time. This is the WCW or actually NWA world television champion belt. So long for now. How about the way they spell Kimala <laughs> on the, on the, the preview for this from WWE, they spelled it Kamala, but here it's Kimala. Bob Cottle here. And, uh, we're with the man in the yellow hat. You may remember him from curious. Wait, hang on. Nick Patrick's dad wants to say something. Uh, let me tell you something. My name is the assassin and I'm going to run wrestling one day all by myself. They're not going to call it the gorilla position. They're going to call it the Jody position. That's right. Jody Hamilton's the name. And did you know who my brother was? Do you realize that my brother was a Missouri Mauler? That's right. Missouri Mauler was my brother. Is that a surprise or not? 
they're having me talk because I was really one of the best talkers in the business. And they, I don't know what they have this guy in this yellow tuxedo to my right because I'm the assassin. I am the assassin number one. That's right. Let me tell you something. That's right. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let That's right. Let me tell you something. God, I wish he'd tell us. That's right. Let me tell you something. I, uh, I was a terrible promo. All right. Fuck this. Let's go back to the ring. Why was it? How did Paul Jones get over? I mean, was it just familiarity? I, I, I don't know. He was a very good worker, but why are you lying he, to people? No, he was, he was a very good worker, but he was a terrible promo. How about terrible. this? What the fuck? This is Kimala. Not Kamala. <laughs> Kimala. Kimala. Oh God. Oh, Paul Jones brought him in. He was also, I guess we should mention that, uh, you know, early in his career, he's, uh, he's all over the place, mostly in the South. Uh, Uh, but then he he really probably popped off and rose to prominence more in world-class wrestling than, than the CWA or mid South. I think, I mean, that's when I, you know, I hear people talk about him more in world-class than I do even in his time in, um, in mid South of the CWA, but then in 84, this same year, uh, he's going to pop up, uh, in the WWF. And I think it happened later this same month sometime, uh, in July of 84, I think is when he first pops up and, you know, he has a, a real good run there in 86 and 87, they put him against Hogan and, uh, he was a worthy opponent and he would pop back up and 92 and 93. And then he showed up with you guys in like 95, but then allegedly didn't want to do the job and, and quit. Right. And basically never to be seen from again on a nationwide level. Right. Yeah. I don't, I think everybody's familiar with the fact that he's had some, some health challenges and sure. that's, that's right. unfortunate. You know, we like to have fun on the show, but we're not gonna, not gonna mock that. No, we're not going to do that. And it's, it's, it's pretty obvious that you take a look at someone like Kamala and you take a look at how he looks and how big he is and how mysterious he is. And he would have been, it, it was, it was the right guy to feed Hogan, right? Cause they were feeding guys to Hogan back then. Yeah. Was, just get a monster and feed him to him. Exactly. And th- I mean, this by definition is a monster. I mean, it's a, it's a giant man and he's got a crazy mask and he's um, painted and now, you know, here's the other thing that I guess is sort of, we're burying the lead, but it's one of the oh. most racist gimmicks ever. Is it not? Oh yeah. Not only is it racist gimmick, but Paul Jones came in with his riding crop and start beating him. Like he was a, like he was a wild animal. How racist can you get for that? Gee whiz. And now he's, it's a, obviously it's a handicap match two on one. And I always thought I always liked the, the quarter moon or whatever, uh, gimmick on the belly. I always thought that was fucking cool. I always thought that, you know, I, I mean, I know the mask was a trademark and the stars, but that, that crescent moon on the belly to me was, was pretty fucking cool. You know, it's one of the most collectible action figures around. I don't know anything about action figures. Actually, Dave Silva just smartened me up that uh-huh. whenever you see action figures advertised with MOC, that means mint on card. I had no idea. I'm not a, a figure collector. The only wrestling yep. figures I have, I, I was gifted. I, I, I don't think I've bought a wrestling figure since 91. Huh. 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 So MOC means mint on card. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that either. So, so like the, the actual cardboard, the packaging is mint okay. and the figure is. Wow. I, that's something I'm sure, uh, Zach Ryder would know. Come on, Asian winner. Three, two, one, go to break three, two. Oh, don't go away. We'll be right back. That, that, that would make me stay. Wouldn't it make you stay that graphic right there? Yeah. Yeah. I'm coming right back with you guys. All right. Chief Wahoo McDaniel. Oh, oh, oh my God. One of the toughest men ever in the world. Let me tell you something, Bob Cottle. I beat more men up tonight at the bar than most people beat in a year. I don't take any bullshit. Do you know one time that I walked about what? 300 miles for a six pack of, I think it was a case of beer. They said, Wahoo, you wouldn't do it. And I said, don't fuck with me. No one fuck with me because I'll beat up men. I'll beat up women. Wait a minute. Wahoo. Wait a minute. You uh, don't talk like that. 
you wouldn't ever hit a woman, would you? I mean, it's a story true that what happened in Charlotte one time that, uh, well, uh, I had a little bit too much firewater and, uh, I was at Bennigan's and a woman, uh, said something to me about how much she didn't like me and how much she was pissed off that I turned heel. And I just kind of backhanded her. Police came. Tony Schiavone ran like a scared little bitch back home. All right. Chief Wahoo McDaniel. Don't fuck with him, guys. He is legit and a badass motherfucker. Uh, Wahoo McDaniel, as we're seeing the footage here of, of Steamboat and Wahoo, and this is definitely when Steamboat's still on the come up. Right. He's not yet become the world champion. That won't happen for another five years, but he's been TV champion. He's been us champion and guys like Wahoo are helping make him establish him. Cause this is very much Wahoo's territory and has been for a long, long time. Chat me up about Wahoo though. Is it true that Wahoo was into Amway? Uh, no, I don't think so. Paul Jones was into Amway. That I remember, because Paul Jones approached me about Amway. Cowboy Ron Bass was into Amway. If Wahoo was into Amway, they never talked to me about it. Those guys, other guys did. Wahoo never, never talked to me about it, no. But he might have been. I mean, a bunch of guys were into it, you know, trying to make extra money. But yeah, Wahoo was, you know, I I mean, I, I say that, and I was, you know, uh, laughing about the time at Bennigan's where he did get in trouble, but he was... Uh, he was a tough motherfucker, man. Old school, tough motherfucker. And, uh, I had a lot of time for Wahoo. I really did. Of course, you know, I, uh, I had stars in my eyes too, when I got to hang out with him because I grew up watching Wahoo McDaniel. Fuck, he was, he was a long time U S champ, mid Atlantic champion. And, and I watched him while I was in high school and while I was in college. And now all of a sudden here, I was kind of hanging out with him a little bit. It's a big fucking deal, man. Big fucking deal. And he did a great job of, you know, and, and, and no, notice that, that girl down at the front row, man, she is just really into this match. This is probably like at the, uh, at the Greensboro Coliseum or maybe the Charlotte Coliseum. One of the, you know, real, uh, what's wild about it too, is there's no divider for the fans really. I mean, there's that, right. the T right. tiny little blue strip, but I mean, there's, there's nothing to that. Right. Wahoo McDaniel, by the way. Uh, maybe not the biggest physical specimen, but man, he, he'd still work long matches. Yes, he would. Yes, he would. I, I saw Wahoo McDaniel, Ric Flair goes 60 minute Broadway double juice. As they say, wait a second. The ref goes down with a ref bump and uh, somebody's coming out with a chair. Oh, he's aiming for Wahoo, but he nailed Ricky steamboat and he didn't care. He's still getting after it. I think it's Blanchard. Yeah, no, it's definitely Blanchard. Yeah. Tully Blanchard and, and Tully and Wahoo not too long after this became tag team partners when Wahoo turned heel and Wahoo looking at Blanchard and what's, there what's you the go. Wahoo what's the referee's Wendell. name? I forget. That, what's that? Uh, the referee, Sonny Fargo, Wally Dusick handed the belt in the great Wally Dusick. And of course, Tom Miller over there, this is Greensboro Coliseum. I can tell by Tom Miller and Wahoo gets the win. There you go. What do you think of that belt? That that's the belt that became completely silver eventually, didn't it? Yeah. It's all silver right there. Yeah. It's got a little bit of red paint on it. A little bit of blue paint. Yeah. It, God, I loved Bob Cottle. Just absolutely loved Bob. What Cottle. a classic he, voice too. Uh, just classic voice. And he knew how to put guys over. Bob was just always in the background and he didn't overshadow any of the wrestlers. And they're going to show once again, how all this happened. Whoa. Yeah, I guess we should tell everybody that, um, that happened in Greensboro, North Carolina on June 24th right. and on July the 1st, they're going to strip Wahoo because, uh, Telly Blanchard interfered. Ah, Wahoo's going to wind up winning a tournament in October beating, uh, Manny Fernandez in the finale, but that was, uh, God, that was how Ricky steamboat lost his first United States championship steamboat, uh, beat Dick Slater in December of 83 in Shelby, North Carolina and was the champ for what, uh, hundred days or so. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Quite a while. hundred days, a long time in wrestling to be a champion. 
Take a look at Buddy. Is that Buddy Roberts? And Terry Gordy? Yes, it is. Two thirds of the Freebirds are here, baby. Wow. I never remember the Freebirds being in Mid Atlantic Championship Wrestling. Maybe it's because Michael Hayes wasn't with them. I, I, I never remember them being here. And I was working for Mid Atlantic Championship Wrestling part time, but I was going to TV tapings back then. Wow, this is this is pretty cool. What do you mean you don't remember? I don't remember them. I I, I remember the Freebirds when I was a fan wrestling for Georgia Championship Wrestling. Obviously, I remember all the stories the Freebirds wrestling in world class wrestling. I never remember the Freebirds, Terry Gordy and Buddy Roberts wrestling in Mid Atlantic Championship Wrestling ever. So yeah. this is uh, this there, is very very odd. There's a rumor mm-hmm. that. Uh, they, they, they showed their ass at Jim Crockett Jr.'s wedding or bachelor party or something like that. So there's a lot of wrestlers, but eventually the Freebirds were behaving badly enough that Harley and Wahoo shut it down huh. and asked them to, uh, to leave. You ever hear that? No, I've never heard that story. And I can understand why they wouldn't be in mid Atlantic championship wrestling for long after that. And as tough as, uh, Terry Gordy was. And, uh, I, I'm not so sure about buddy Roberts. I don't think you want to fuck with Wahoo and Harley. If they want to shut something down Do you, I think they only did like a couple of, uh, of TVs here. Right. I think they were, they did something in uh, Raleigh where, uh, Kamala attacked dusty and dusty was on a stretcher. Okay. And I think, uh, behind the scenes, and this could be all just bullshit too, but I think, um, Michael Hayes didn't always get along with dusty in this era. Okay. I mean, is it a surprise though, that no, that, that, uh, Michael Hayes had a problem with authority. <laughs> no, not at all. But you know, this, this looks odd. This doesn't look free birdish to me. Well, cause there's, you know, the loud mouth ain't there. Yeah. This is fucking ridiculous. Hey, where are you at on club sandwiches? Uh, I'm for them. Are you doing a Mitch Hedberg routine here? No, no. <laughs> okay. You know who this is in the mask? Story Funk Jr. Really? Yes, it is. Is that Gary Hart? No, it's Ole Anderson with him. Yeah, Dory Funk came uh, to uh, Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling for a while with uh, as the outlaw, and he's wrestling Rocky Kernodal here. Don Kernodal's brother. Don Kernodal. He will chat up a lady at a fan fest. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> oh boy. Jay-Z Flair knows what I'm talking about. Okay. So that's Dory under a mask, huh? Yep. That sure is. How about, I didn't know he was under a mask. I wish all of his public appearances now were under a mask. You're right. It was Gary Hart. Look at that. I thought it was Ole Anderson. Fuck. I was going to say that's the skinniest Ole's ever looked, but I ain't going <laughs> to correct it. But God damn it. Look just like Gary. Yeah. Gary Hart. I, I, I don't know why, uh, so he, he calls himself the mass outlaw or the long, tall Texan. It was, we called it, it was called the outlaw. I think. Yeah. And, and why he wore the mask. I don't know. I guess they tried to come up with something different. Maybe because if he was Dory Funk, he had to win every match because he was a former champ, but right. If he's under a hood, it doesn't matter. And he can still keep some checks coming in. Right. He could do the job. Have you seen the, uh, the banquet that was recently uploaded on the WWE network where they honored Terry Funk the day before barely legal for ECW? No, I think you would appreciate it. Joey styles is the host and it's like a banquet, Terry Funk appreciation dinner. And so I got a bunch of rounds and all the boys get dressed up and one by one, they bring guys up just to talk about what a major influence in their wrestling career and their fandom Terry Funk was and how important he was to their career. So it's guys like you know, Sandman and Chris Candido and Taz and just one after another, but Candido tells a story where, um, right after the match, while Terry's still bleeding and he's got, you know, tape on his head and he's in his gear, he's going to like IHOP to get something to eat. And he's so embarrassed that he's in public, you know, dressed like this and eating like this. And Candido says, so I told that story to Dory and, uh, Then I had to wait a couple minutes before he spoke, you know, like anytime you have a conversation with junior and the crowd fucking died 
which, and I've never had a conversation with Dory, but I guess that's the thing. Like you'll say something to Dory and there will be a, an uncomfortably long pause and then he'll start talking. Right. Yes. I was really hoping you were going to do that to me right there. We'll try it again next week. Okay. He, uh, Dory always did things in slow motion, which goes back to this. Uh, I always liked Terry Funk. I always liked Dory. Loved his wife, Marty. Great woman. But I never did. I did. I, I guess it was because it was before my time. I didn't understand why Dory had that long run as a world heavyweight champion. You didn't understand what? To me, I guess he was one of the biggest stars of all time, right? Dory? Yes. No. He wasn't. No. But he was one of the longest reigning world champions of all time. Okay. I just, I, I didn't see the, I just didn't see it. You're saying just because he won the belt and held it for 1,563 days, uh huh. but that made him over. Yeah. Oh, okay. I just, uh, but I, I just didn't understand it. I, I, I don't know. It, it is pretty crazy. You think about it that. The longest reigning NWA champion ever, Luthez, 3,749 days. And that's between yeah. three reigns. Right. Ric Flair is second, 3,116 days. Then Harley Race, 1,799 days. It falls off a cliff. But then Dory fucking Funk Jr. with one reign, 1,563 days. That's an, that is an amazing stat. One reign. One reign. That is an amazing stat, how long that lasted. And I guess the fact was that everyone thought when he would come to your territory as NWA champion, there is no way he's going to walk out. Your top star is going to beat him. And he walked out with the title every time. What's crazy but, is I think everybody, would you disagree with this? That Terry Funk was the bigger star and the bigger or the better wrestler of the two. I, yes, I, I think that's what I'm, uh, what I think I was trying to say. Terry Funk was only champ for 424 days and Dory was 1,563. That's, that is, that's mind boggling. That's absolutely mind boggling. Hey, here's, the, here's the most mind boggling thing of them all. Guess who the fifth longest reigning NWA champion of all time is. Hmm. Um, you could guess a thousand times and you wouldn't get it. Uh, I was going to say Ricky steamboat. How about Dan Severn? Jesus. Dan Severn steamboat was only champ 76 days. Wow. Well, I, I tell you, I, and of course the NWA champion, there's a, there's a classic Dory funk jr. Uppercut. Uh, now I think his European uppercuts were probably to me the best thing he did. And I know that sure. you know, Bruce Pritchard, if he was listening to this would be super hot because Dory and Terry are his two favorite wrestlers because that's what he grew up on. And I, I do think that. Like your favorites when you're a kid, you carry that forever. And he grew up in the Texas territory. So to him, the funks were God. I understand that. And it was all about Terry and Dory, but fuck man, I just can't get into Dory funk and I want to, I'm sure he's a nice guy and I can appreciate the history and that he's a legend, but man, I, I'd rather watch fucking jeopardy. Right. I we're saying the same thing. When I say, I don't get it. I, I just never did get it about him. But then again, you think about this. Back when he was the champion, you know, the, the champion was decided by the NWA board of directors, by the promoters, right? And there was probably a lot of political maneuvering going on and, and arguments going on. And, uh, didn't Jim Barnett book the, the world champion for a long, long time. Uh, I'm not trying to, uh, insinuate anything, but. I just, it was a lot of probably for Dory Funk to hold on to the title 1400 days. There was probably a lot of political maneuvering going on, wrangling going on for him to keep that title. Or they just forgot about it and say, oh, wait a minute. He's still the champion and we better have him drop it. It's an amazing story. And I agree. It just, it doesn't work for me. Dory Funk being the world champion. Because when I first saw him, and this was the time I first saw him. Uh, in person, it, I, I was thinking, wow, this is Dory Funk Jr. And he did everything kind of slow motion, including answer anything you would ask him. Right. 
Gary Hart had a pretty good head of hair back then. It's about the time, you know, this was right after the first Starcade when uh, Gary Hart and uh, Kevin Sullivan and Mark Lewin were all together and had that, uh, that match where they opened up Scott McGee's head. We've seen that. We've, told, we've had that here on, it's in the archives and, uh, had a lot of, a lot of time for Gary Hart, man. I thought he was a very smart guy, very cool guy, and always knew the wrestling business quite well. Man, what a long match they're giving Dory here on TV. I agree, man. Gee whiz. <laughs> so, um, I don't know if you saw, oh, wow, but, uh, your boy Cody had a birthday this past weekend. Well, happy birthday, Cody Rhodes, the American nightmare. I think he's the ripe old age of 34. Jesus. 34 years old. That's about right. He was about two years older than my twins. My twins are getting ready. We'll turn later in the year 32. And Cody was wrestling at Lasseter High School. One of the twins, Tim, was wrestling at Pope High School and Cody was the legend of Cobb County, the legend of Georgia, actually. And now look at him. Are they going to finally end this match? Thank God. Yeah. I mean, dude, this, I know. Can you imagine if they put this on TV on a Monday night? (laughs) Watch out. Put down that whip. Oh my God. He whipped him with a whip. By the way, there's a, uh, a Terry Funk whip on ebay right now for eight hundred dollars if you're in (laughs) (laughs) will we we get a combo deal i i just think it would be tremendous to see you running around the house trying to come up with creative things to do with the whip and the belt buckle put the belt buckle and the whip together oh now it's a torture deal what are you doing (laughs) with nikita koloff coming up next Oh my God, Adrian Street and Miss Linda. Oh, let's just listen to this. We can't mess with this. You know, any animosity that I might have borne towards James Valiant has been completely dispelled by this this dreadful bounder, Paul Jones. He's interfered in my business just too many times. He's interfered in my matches, which I definitely will not tolerate. Now I intend getting at him, never mind what. He's put two. Almost unsurmountable obstacles in the uh, in in uh, my path in the name of uh, Kamala, who is an absolute giant, and uh, the other guy. But whichever way it goes, I'll get through him. I'll get through the uh, the assassin anyway, just to get a Paul Jones. All right, Adrian Street, right there, is Dude, Adrian Street, freaking legend. What the flying fuck we got here? <laughs> Well, uh, I'm standing here with two gentlemen to my right. This on the right looks like the rock. If he never discovered steroids and had no acting ability, take it away. Fake rock. Yeah. Uh, I'd like to say that, uh, I'm one of the young bloods and, uh, my name is Mark Youngblood. to my left is Jay Youngblood, And, uh, you may know that Jay Youngblood was in real life, a real pompous prick. That's right. Bob Cottle. I was a pompous prick. Not only that, as you can see, I've attempted to take steroids, but unfortunately they do not look good on me. So I just painted my face. I was never over. Ricky Stebo was the one that was over and I was on his coattails. Now I'm looking at Mark Youngblood here trying to be, get on my coattails, but guess what? I don't have any coattails because I never was fucking over. Not only that, I'm dead. D E D dead. That's right. I can open these eyes wide. And with that black face paint, it makes my eyes look white. I love that you spelled dead D E D or if you think that's not going to be a shirt soon, you're mistaken. <laughs> All right. In the ring, Atosha, uh, Nikita Koloff looks like he's got an Olympic medal. Yeah. But it's not. No, of course not. Well, what would it be? Oh. Uh, the Olympic medal of pretending to be Russian. You know who he's fighting? Action Jackson. So it is <laughs> exactly Mike Jackson, by the way, looks like he knows where all the good weed is. And he's got 
What is the name of that fucking band? I've got it on the tip of my tongue. Okay. Uh, the, uh, it's the, uh, no, the Holy grail. Uh, no, that's the word that I can't. That's what is his name? What what are they? What are they? This is annoying me. It's, I don't know. The band that smokes weed. Black crows. No. (laughs) Fleetwood Mac. Oh, Fleetwood Mac. Fucking action. Jackson looks like. The sixth member of fucking Fleetwood Mac right here. Mick Fleetwood. Dude, tell me he doesn't look like Mick Fleetwood. <laughs> like that is Mick Fleetwood's fucking cousin. <laughs> he didn't, he couldn't play percussion. So he played wrestler, <laughs> but they still smoke the same amount of weed. That's Mick Fleetwood's cousin, Mike Fleetwood. That's fucking legit. Look at him. <laughs> you love it now that you put it together. Yes, I do. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, Mike doing some shit here, buddy. Yeah, too bad. Caught in mid. Oh, he slammed him down hard. He slammed him <laughs> down how? <laughs> hard. God damn, I love you, Tony Schiavone. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be sad when you leave me, too. I'm not leaving you. I'm going nowhere. I'm going fucking nowhere. I'm a part of CTE for life. You know how. I'm not, you know, you know how I know that's true? I'll tell you off air how I know that's true. Okay. I've, I've learned some things this past week. Hey, this is, this is before the Russian sickle. Obviously See, they, they at least knew how to keep a match short. Imagine yeah. if Dory Funk's match was that short. Imagine if Dory Funk's match was still going on. It, it might be in the back. He may not know it's over. This is when, uh, Nikita first, uh, first came around. I, I don't know why, but you saying came around makes me happy. <laughs> you like that, huh? Oh, well, they just went to the slow-mo and there was no slow-mo. <laughs> this back then Crockett's, they left town, they left town with a show and they didn't do any editing. And now we're going to see the Freebirds wrestle without Michael Hayes. I guess. All right, sports fans. We're here at mid Atlantic championship wrestling and we're going to bring in a couple other guys that Conrad Thompson has no fucking foggy idea who they are. So I'm just going to stick the mic in your face. Tony, take it away. Well, they, they call me Shaka, Shaka Watley. No, but I'm Shaska Watley. That's right. Pistol Piz Watley, Shaska Watley. That's right. Over here to my left, there's a guy and here's a finger. And over to my right, Angelo Mosca Jr. You talk about a guy that has absolutely no talent, none. I got all the talent on the team. We had a six-man tag to start out with, and I had this jabroni as my partner. What the fuck is wrong with this picture? Just because I'm a black man means I I have to do the job? Fuck no. I want this Italian to my right to do the job. I'm doing no more jobs because Bob Cottle, I'm Shaska Watley. Not Shaka, Zulu King, Shaska Watley. That's what I'm going to be called. Doesn't matter what Tony Schiavone says. All right, are you as uh, stupid as your old man? Uh, I understand that Bobby Heenan used to really pray, play pranks on your old man. Was he really that dumb? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. He was a big Canadian star, but he was pretty fucking dumb. And me, I'm not much brighter. And, uh, I, uh, I'm here because I'm here to do the job for pistol Pez Watley. When we are a tag team and we got to do the job, I'll be the Italian that does the job for the black man. Uh, Pez, I just like to say, I have no idea why I'm over. I have no idea why they're giving me a push. It may be because just because of my dad. All right. Never turn your back on an Italian. Do you understand that? Don't you? Absolutely. Uh, and are we done yet? That's right. We're done. The fact is, uh, Pez, you've got this Italian as your partner. That's right. We're going to be calling it pistol Pez, Shaka Watley and the dumbass mook Italian over on my right. The mook. And the black man, that's what we are. The dumb Italian, you know, he's so dumb. His last name's to be Shivani. Woo. That's right. Shivani. That's a dumb Italian name. And we understand that he has also been holding the microphone for us. How fucking long is this interview going to fucking go? Keep going. Jesus Christ. I don't know what else to say. I don't know. My name is Angelo Mosca Jr. And I'm as dumb as my dad. Fuck. 
the fuck? This, I, this, is, what, this is the era of let's do 9 million promos. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And they also would put promos in there that they would cover up with uh, the local promos. There were two positions. Do you think and, that this is the most, uh, this promotion did more of the talking them in the seats than anywhere else? Yeah, I think so. Flair, Dusty, Arn. Okay. No question. Without question. Uh, I, I want to tell you an Adrian Street story. Uh, we were, this was uh, in 84 during this, during this time. This is when I was backstage doing the local promos. This is uh, the time I was doing them. And we would do them on Wednesdays, sometimes on Thursday, but mostly on Wednesday. And Adrian Street was part of the promotion back then. And he would, now and then, you see that long mic that Bob Cottle had? Yeah. Okay. He would take that long mic and stick it between his legs. And, and, and pretend. pretend. And then walk up to me and says, time for you to grab your mic. Mm. And I would say, I'm not grabbing that mic. He mm. said, grab the mic. I said, no, I'm not going to grab it. And then he would laugh and pull it out. I mean, pull the mic between his legs and hand me the mic. So you would pull it out and slap it on your face. You're saying, oh, no, no, no. He would pull the mic that he had between his legs, the real mic and hand it to me. He wanted me to reach towards his crotch is what he was after. Oh, I see. You see, and I wouldn't do that. And he would say, oh, I'm just kidding. And then he would grab the mic and hand it to me. You know, that was my, that was your go-to. You told me <laughs> what? that what you, you, that you what? would, that you would go like, you know, make a pitch to a lady. And then uh -huh. if they, if they were like shocked or anti or not into it, whatever you'd say, Oh, I'm just kidding. But if they were, if they were for it, then you were in. I, I don't remember telling you that story. No, you did. No, really? Yeah. Okay. When, when did I tell you that story? Uh, I don't remember the exact date and time. It wasn't like a major moment in our, in our friendship. Apparently it was because you remembered it. It so apparently was a major moment. Well, okay. I, so you only I, remember major moments now? No. Uh, and so I said, oh, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. Okay. Hmm. You don't remember that. That sounds like a creepy guy to me. I don't, I wait, don't wait, you just talked about people opening up their Holy grail for you. Now, now you're worried about something sounding creepy. Oh, okay. Oh, you misconstrue when I say Holy grail, what I mean. Oh yeah. Well, please correct the narrative. Okay. Well, yeah, I just, uh, the Holy grail can mean anything. Okay. So when you're talking about, you want to fall into someone's loins and have them open up their Holy grail for you. I need you to clarify what it is. Cause I was reading it all wrong. And that's on me. Well, you could fall into uh, uh, somebody's loins and if they open up the Holy grail. They could be just pop a top on a beer and the beer could be the Holy grail or pop a top on a soda, open up a soda and the, the, so, or open up a pack of slim Jims. Talk to me, talk to me about, um, happened that could be the holy grail it's whatever you want the holy grail to be the holy grail is what you are after at that time you see it's it's what you're after but but what the loins talk me through that loins okay uh tenderloin it's a very good part of the steak okay we're going with that bullshit all right <laughs> it's not bullshit uh well i mean so open up your steak and give open me up. your holy grail, which could be a beer. So open up your steak and give me a beer. That's what you said. Right. We're going with that. Right. That happens at a restaurant a lot. What? Then people open a steak and find a beer inside. No, they open the steak. They cut in the steak. They open it up and then they pop a top on the beer and drink the beer and eat the steak. Where the fuck are we going with this? Anyway? I, I don't know. You were talking about something being creepy right after you talked about women opening their loins, but now you're like, no bitch, cook me a steak and open me a beer. Got it. Uh, meanwhile, in the ring, the fabulous Freebirds. Did you notice the stars and bars on their shirts on their, uh, jackets? Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Some of this stuff doesn't age well. It does not. So how's Cassio doing? He's alive, man. He, uh, we went and saw our great friend, Corey Ryan Forrester, who you can't wait to remind me every time I invite you to see him, that he's not funny. Mm -hmm. And, um, I don't, I don't say that every time. No, no, you do. No, I, what, 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 when you shit on somebody, why don't you just own it? What's the big deal? You don't like Corey's comedy. Oh, okay. I don't like Corey's comedy, but doesn't mean he's not funny. I just don't like his comedy. Right, right, right. It's not that you don't like his comedy. It's just that he's not funny. 
It's sort of like when you, when you want to jump in someone's loins and get their Holy grail, you really just want a ribeye and a Miller light. Exactly. I've learned a lot from you today, Tony. <laughs> but how's Cassio, by the way, he's good. He was, uh, he was on stage right after Corey and crushed. Did he? And I bet he did. He crushed it's I've seen Cassio's sets now. I don't know, off and on for 10 years. And I think he did one of his best ones he's ever done. Well, he was probably sober. He, he was. Yeah. <laughs> Unlike the set he did in St. Louis. Yeah. Here's the way that one starts. Hey everybody. My name is Matt Mitchell. Some people call me Cassio kid. I host a morning show rocket 95.1 in Huntsville, Alabama. I also got my own podcast called Cassio's cut, but most of you candy lickers know me from what happened when with Tony Schiavone. Yeah. So anyway, my name is Matt Mitchell. Some people call me Cassio kid. I host a morning show in Huntsville, Alabama called rocket 95.1. I've got my own podcast, Cassio's cut. And of course, a lot of you candy lickers know me from what happened when with Tony Schiavone. Yeah. So anyway, I'm Matt Mitchell. So my friend, he just, it was like, he was fucking like yes. you ever had a, like a CD skip on you, right? That's what he was doing, it, but it wasn't a bit. He didn't know he was starting over. Oh, no, he didn't. And then of course, then he asked how many, uh, who drove furthest to get here. And he asked that like 10 times. Yes. That was the best part of the show though. That w- Oh, I thought we were pretty funny too, actually. Well, th- my favorite part is when Cassio dropped his drawers. Well, I wasn't going to say that, but yeah, I mean, I guess he did do a little criming. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's illegal. Yeah, it is illegal. And it happened on our stage. I, I have no ownership of that building. Well, you have to own the building when we have taken the stage. Look at this. Fuck. Fold him up like a fucking cheap suit. There's no way that guy's getting up from that. No, e- ever. Oh, at least he's moving his limbs. Uh, yeah, that, that's fuck. Gordy. Oh, the pants Gordy was not here to fuck around. No, he was not, man. Not on Wednesday. Just picked him up. Uh, are they going to show this again? Oh yeah, they're going to. We're going to see. Well, like a not. sack of taters and <laughs> squeeze the fart right out of him. Oh, well, are we going to do this? All again? right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back here with. Uh, well, I feel like this is deja vu. We've already been here. I guess we're killing time. And Paul Jones, you've got something you've been waiting to say. Let me tell you something right now. Let me tell you something right now. You may think that this tuxedo and this cane are a gimmick, but I actually wear this around the house. That's right. Let me tell you something right now. Not only that, we're filling two and a half minutes because they're going to cover this up with a local promo. And it could be in Greensboro, could be in Charlotte, could be in Tampa when I worked in Tampa, could be in Atlanta, could be any of the number of territories or towns that I killed. But let me tell you something right now. I'm going to do most of the talking since the assassin did most of the talking earlier. Jody Hamilton, one of the most talented guys in the business, one of the best talkers ever in the business, but he never got his due. They called it the Jody position. We all knew it was the gorilla position. Let me tell you something right now. Let me tell you something, Mr. Cottle. I've got a son who's a shitty referee. I got a son who's going to be part of one of the worst angles ever. And that is Hulk Hogan and Sting at Starcade in 1997. All right. That's in the future. Now let's bring it. Oh, my God. Don Kernodal was a world tag team champion back then. That's right. And I'm a world champion of chasing coups. All right. Now, here's what I do. I get out here to Holiday Inn and I put my vest on and my shirt and my pinky ring. Now, this pinky ring right here looks a lot like the one that Conrad's having made for Tony right now. It says SDD. Now, if you want to know what that stands for, meet me down at the Holiday Inn. You buy me a draft beer, we'll just see how it goes. Maybe we could have some chicken and some sex. Now, to my right, it's a man who's, uh, well, he has a little trouble getting laid. Now, it might be because of his forehead, might be because of his beard, might be because he don't speak English, or it might be because he's got a life alert necklace on right now. Now, he's cramping my style, but I'm just letting you know, he ain't my real-life daddy. And he ain't my tag team partner in the bedroom. If you know what I'm talking about, what I'm talking about is I want to take you to my version of space mountain. That ain't as big as flares. All right. And you can't ride it as long, but God damn it is honest work. And if you want a shot at this belt, the tag team championships are fucking, you got to meet me down there at the holiday Inn. Just look for the pinky ring and the draft beer and I'll be near. 
That's right. They teamed me with this fucker. I was a world champion in the WWF, and they teamed me with Don Cernudo. What the flying fuck is wrong with my career? I thought my career was on the upswing. They said, come to Crockett. Come to the Mid-Atlantic Territory. Help put over Nikita Koloff. And they teamed me with this piece of shit from North Carolina. What the fuck is wrong? When I shouldn't say fuck because I just got Christ in my life. But the fact is, is that Don Cernudo is a world tag team champ. I'm a world tag team champ. We got to make the best of it. So there you go. This is it. We are the world tag team champions. Me and Don Cernudo, when he's not chasing pussy, will go out and try to win a belt. He blows up. You know, he blows up about two minutes into a match. And then I've got to do all the work. So long, everybody. Meet him at the Holiday Inn. He's ready to take on all comers. So what'd you think of that show, man? Uh, absolute horseshit. Yeah. What were y'all doing? Y'all weren't even trying. No, look, that's a, if that, this is again, this is back when the TV shows weren't it. It, The the TV shows were just vehicles. I I love that so far, Jesus Christ. This is the third time they've given David Crockett. Like the first credit, David Crockett, the second credit, David Crockett, the third credit, David Crockett. At least there's other names in here. Howard Caldwell. God, I remember Howard. Good guy. Wayne Daniel. Holy shit. Uh, Brenda Evans knew Brenda very well too. Oh, did you know her biblically? Uh, uh, let's see. Jack Crockett, Doug Dillinger. Oh my God. We found one. Well, and uh, Klondike bill, he, you know what he's doing that lighting. Don't you? He stuck it up girls butts. What? Well, we're ending the show at just the right time today. I can tell Tony, we, when, uh, look at my clock. I feel like it's about that time. Absolutely. It's just about that time. And for chief Wahoo McDaniel, Don Cernudo and the wrestling Jesus himself, Conrad Thompson. I'm Tony Schiavone. This has been a very special edition of what happened when on the MLW radio network. Guess what? We're desperately out of time on MLW and on Patron. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. If you want more of Conrad Thompson and Tony Schiavone, don't waste your sorry ass time. Head over to patreon.com forward slash WHW Monday. Complete with behind the scenes videos and new content every week. That's patreon.com forward slash WHW Monday. And by LoisRules.com, one of the hottest sites over on ProWrestlingTees.com. The place to get all your favorite t-shirts from what happened when. Remember, LoisRules.com, named after the craziest lady that you've ever met before in your life. And trust me, she'll break your skull quicker than Bischoff can FedEx you walking papers. You know what I like about her? She can chug a beer. So give me a hell yeah. Head over to LoisRules.com. Boxygimmicks.com. Complete with coffee mugs. What? Baby onesies. What? Beach towels. What? Koozies. What? And a whole lot more to shamelessly show your support of what happened when. What? Something to wrestle with. What? And 83 weeks. What? Head over to boxygimmicks.com. And that's the bottom line. Tony Schiavone is a goddamn office stooge. The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. This is one of the all-time best pieces of advice ever given on the show. Actor Rain Wilson. The number one thing that psychologists point to with young people of why they are struggling so much in this mental health epidemic is they don't have resilience. So how do you build resilience if you don't understand suffering itself? The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen. 